Hey everyone, welcome to The Leadership Locker. My name is Rich Cardona and on this podcast, we dig through the lessons of today's most exceptional leaders to help you break through your barriers. If you're trying to progress your career, if you are trying to accelerate your entrepreneurial journey, which I know you all are, if you're looking to have a smoother transition out of the military because it is incredibly difficult, then you're in the right place. My guests and I are going to give you the tools and the resources to accelerate your curve, help you surge, and just crush it. So here we go. everyone in this episode of the leadership locker my guest is todd connor he's a friend mentor veteran and he started a nonprofit called bunker labs he's a ceo and he has just amassed this amazing community in cities all over the country uh, partnered with WeWork, just doing amazing things now why did i ask todd on i wanted to give you value right what's a nonprofit? if i'm getting out and I don't know what a nonprofit is, or if I want to run my own business and I'm going to be an entrepreneur, I should have at least, you know, the education on what the difference is between a nonprofit and an LLC is and why I should go either way. And that was my hope in having Todd on the show. Uh, this was at the Military Influencer Conference. Um, excellent episode. Please check it out. Uh, I'm actually going to ask you to introduce yourself first, Todd, because yeah. I always forget to do intros for the podcast. Sure. Can you tell us who you are and what you do? Yeah, I'm Todd <laughs> Connor, and I'm the founder CEO of Bunker Labs. And today, Todd, we're going to talk about nonprofits. Yeah. Um, what they are, what it means, why would you do it, and why you would be a don't, you know, why you would donate to them or, or whatever. And, and again, the purpose of this podcast, the Leadership Locker, is to just share influencer expertise, people like you, uh, with the transitioning service member community and veteran entrepreneurs. But a nonprofit, we have all these different routes we could go when we want to get out. You and I have talked about entrepreneurship at length, and I love it, and I'm happy to be in an entrepreneurial space, but I actually don't really know what a nonprofit is, how it's organized, what it's about, and I think that's really valuable. So mm -hmm. I wanted to talk about what it is, and we'll start right there. Yeah. Well, I think it's... It may be important to start about what it is not. Yeah. I think a lot of people think that when you get out of the military, or really, you know, no matter what you're doing in life, if you want to do something that has an impact, mm -hmm. which people do, they want to have an impact, they can think, I therefore should start a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. And um, starting a nonprofit, a not for profit, is a legal tax designation um, that says because of the charitable purpose of this legal entity, you're subject to sort of different taxation rules. Mm -hmm. That's it. Um, it. And then it allows for donors to sort of donate to you and, and therefore also get derived tax benefit. But it is, not a, it is not the only vehicle available to do something impactful. Mm -hmm. So my starting point for people is like, I want to do something good in the world. It doesn't have to therefore mean I'm going to go start a not-for-profit. You can start a for-profit that's doing tremendous good in the world. Arguably, a for-profit with a sustainable business model that's having a positive impact in the world is, is arguably like a better way to have an impact in the world. Mm -hmm. so, so a not-for-profit is, is, is a way to do something charitable, but it's a legal status of a, of a legal organization. Mm -hmm. um, and there are, by the way, organizations, um, there are 40,000 veteran not-for-profits 
you know, give or take, um, as designated by the IRS. Mm -hmm. So there are 40,000 people that have filed the legal paperwork to say we're a not-for-profit organization in the veteran space mm -hmm. specifically, and I don't know what the numbers are for all not-for-profits, but it's a, it's a giant sector. Yes. <laughs> and there are a lot of not-for-profits that um, I think are having huge impact, and there are probably some that are not having an impact in the same way. And so, um, so I really just want to distinguish the conversation of what is a not-for-profit, and we'll talk about what a not-for-profit is, yeah. from this idea of I want to have an impact in the world. Yeah. Really, I think the, the, the right thesis for an entrepreneur is, here's the problem I'm trying to solve. And if you can solve that problem quicker, faster, better, with a not-for-profit as the legal construct, then make it a not-for-profit. If you can solve that problem big, like better, faster, quicker, with a for-profit, then make the for-profit the mm -hmm. legal construct. So, like when we started Bunker Labs, for example, um, I was unclear as to what the legal model would be. Some folks thought this ought to be an incubator. You ought to have an equity investment that happens with companies. Um, some folks thought it should be a not-for-profit. Some folks thought it should be a membership organization. So you didn't go a, into this thinking like this is going to be a non-profit. I did not. No, I came into this thinking I want to find a way to help veterans start businesses, mm -hmm. and. And we'll find out. We'll literally discover what the right mechanism to do that is, and then we'll and then we'll back into what the legal model is. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, at one point we thought it would be a B Corp, mm -hmm. which is a sort of hybrid entity. It, it, and then, you know, membership models have their own tax status designation, which I don't even know what it's called, but like, um, but like dues-paying organizations have their own legal model. So I thought yeah. it could be that. It could be B Corp. So. So, we, so it was discovered, right? So this idea of legal model as discovered is sort of odd, but I, I would say that's how it was for the Bunker Labs, and I don't yeah. think that that's entirely uncommon. I will say this, and then we can talk more about not-for-profits. Mm -hmm. Not-for-profits, as compared to for-profits, are a more complicated enterprise because it's a three-sided three marketplace. You've got <clears throat> the people that you're serving, mm -hmm. so military veterans, military spouses, active duty for us mm -hmm. who are trying to start businesses. Those yep. are our clients. And then you have the people that are paying for it, your sponsors, the mm -hmm. logos on the wall, right? The people that have a shared interest in serving that community, and they are giving you resources to express, as a strategic goal of theirs, the opportunity to help and impact a community. So you have to make them happy, not make them happy. You have to serve their strategic interests. Sure. You have to serve the strategic interests of the entrepreneurs, but it's, you have to do both. Mm -hmm. And there are some not-for-profits that I think do a great job of, of serving their donor base, but perhaps under-deliver value for the folks they're trying to serve. And then you have a lot of folks that do a great job of serving their client base, but they've underdeveloped their, their capacity to serve the donor interests. Yep. And you have to do both, in my view, to be, to be a good nonprofit, to be an effect, to, you know, to be a strategic nonprofit, to be sort of in this uh, for the long game. So versus someone who has a company, uh, let's say I, I was fund, uh, you know, I raised funding for my company, and I have investors, and I'm trying to increase shareholder value. In a nonprofit, uh, it's a little bit different. Like, how do you increase shareholder value, uh, mm -hmm. you know, so to speak, in a nonprofit? Like, how mm -hmm. do you deliver to the sponsor, just saying we are doing really good things, we are growing? Like, what is their ROI, so to speak? It's oh, a great question, mm -hmm. and I don't think a lot of people spend time understanding the sort of the donor interest, just because you hang a shingle and say, I'm a not-for-profit, does not mean resources are going to show up. So of those 40,000 
uh, veteran nonprofits as delineated by the IRS, something like 85% of them operate with a budget of less than $100,000 a year. Mm. So they are, at best, have one person who's being paid you know, to sort of do something charitable mm-hmm. um, or in purpose, you know, in nature. So, um, so that's the challenge, mm-hmm. is that the resources are scarce. For a not-for-profit, um, dollars uh, donated are very, very different. You have individual donors. And I'm just going to give you a few broad yeah, categories. Please. Because the reality is, if you're a not-for-profit, you've got to figure out which of these six categories I'm going to give you mm-hmm. are you good at securing. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you're not going to be good at all six. <laughs> and so you just have to make a strategic decision. This is how we operate. Good. So one is small-dollar donations. $10. It's a click to donate campaign. It's, Kickstarter. It's Kickstarter. Kind of thing. Got well, it. Kickstarter, let's put that in a different category. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Because that's crowdfunding. And uh, well, Kickstarter sort of is this hybrid of it's charitable, but it's sort of it's, it's structured into like a crowdfunding kind of nature. Mm-hmm. But um, so small dollar donor, donors, um, they donate on the spot and they do it in small dollar amounts, maybe recurring. That's one category. Mm-hmm. Ma- you know, individual large donors, mm-hmm. different category. You know, that's the people that, you know, donate $100,000 and get their name on a building, right? How you cu- cultivate them is very different from how you cultivate, you know, 100 people to give $10 yep. or $100. So small individual dollars, large dollars, foundations. Um, and you have foundations like the Coffin Foundation, which is committed to entrepreneurship. And they have a endowed charter for w- how they are supposed to deploy the resources that they have. And they have very finite kind of verticals in which to do that. So you have foundations, and then you have um, like family foundations, which are different than sort of institutional foundations. And then you also have corporate foundations that are very different from, you know, how the companies give money or how families give money. So you have, even within the word foundations, which are organizations that give money out, there's different flavors of what that looks like. And then you have corporate sponsorship or corporate philanthropy. And even within companies that are going to sponsor something, and we get a lot of our sponsor, a lot of the resources for Bunker Labs come through corporate sponsorship, corporate partnership. Uh, but even within that, some companies are organized to sort of give money through sort of community service outreach, mm-hmm. corporate social responsibility, and they have a strategy around that. Some of them do it through their marketing arm. Um, some of them do it through local market leaders mm-hmm. have the capacity because they run the DC metro region they have the capacity and the authority to sort of make the sponsorship decisions. Mm-hmm. So within a company, how they give out resources for sponsorship or, uh, or, or philanthropically is really then contingent on kind of the internal nature of it. So, and then you have government. <laughs> and you have state government and you have federal government, and those are all different categories as well. So, and literally, Rich, there's probably five or six or, se- or ten other categories <laughs> yeah. as well. So, so to get in and start a not-for-profit, you got to figure out what's the one what's the area, the lane in which I'm going to play and how, am I, and how are we going to really build core capacity to be good at that one thing? You know, corporate sponsorship um, f- from a marketing angle, uh, it, l- small individual donors, um, small dollar individual donors, you know, what have you. Oh, this is awesome this because is we, just, yeah, yeah, we just got kicked out of a room, but this is the nature of entrepreneurship, so we don't stop the show. So you just talked about all these different foundations and all, this, all these things and entities and where the money comes from. If I am someone listening to this podcast right now, I'm like, well, I guess I'm not starting a nonprofit because right. <laughs> that sounds really complicated. Um, is it as bad as it sounds? Yeah. No, let me tell you, there's a lot of reasons to start a nonprofit. So 
Um, and I give those caveats. Yeah, and you're right. It does kind of sound. <laughs> well, it sounds like a lot of fundraising. Well, it's it sounds like um, it can sound like a lot of fundraising. What I what I try to do is, and I think when you're when you're uh, helping people start businesses, part of our job is to lovingly sort of just expand the aperture of what's what's known. Mm-hmm. So. I think to the extent people can go in with this awareness that, okay, there's lots of different types of fundraising. There's lots of different types of ways to have impact. Um, you know, what I would want to do is prevent somebody from just going in and just launching to, you know, creating a not-for-profit and then finding out that, in fact, it's not the right sort of model for the impact they want to have. Now, having said that, there's lots of great reasons to start a not-for-profit. I think the starting point for this is what's the problem you're trying to solve? So. If, so, for example, uh, for Bunker Labs, you know, the problem we're trying to solve is help military veterans and military spouses start businesses. Um, we, could have char- we could have been a for-profit selling services to do that. Yep. But a lot there of entrepreneurs, yeah, there are actually, you know, but a lot of entrepreneurs don't have the resources to do that. So we would have been limited in our ability to serve that mission. I was more interested in serving folks that don't have the resources, right? And so it turns out that there's, so that's a, a focus thing I want to solve, want to work on, and, and there's corporate sponsors and partners that share that desire, like USAA and others, that had that desire to want to help uh, impact military veterans as well. So, so you, you, you put it together and say, okay, there's partners that care about it. We have a, a ability to solve it. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you find that, then it's really impactful because you get to wake up in the morning, go to work, and f- work on things that matter to you personally, right? So. So not-for-profits can be hugely impactful, and, um, and when you're focused and you f- figure out the problem that you're trying to solve, then um, you get to wake up and work on the problem that matters to you and, and solve it. And so that's the right reason to do it, um, and, uh, and lots of folks are starting great nonprofits. The, I think the key to a uh, different key for a successful not-for-profit is to be really focused. So um, know specifically the impact that you're trying to have and the, the model by which you're going to have the impact. You really got to have that defined um, to be, I think, to be an effective nonprofit. So I've, clearly, I'm in the Bunker Labs community. I went through the Veterans and Residents Program, so it sounds like I'm partial what I'm about to say. But the veteran nonprofit community, the veteran for-profit community is incredibly oversaturated, in my opinion. There's a lot of redundancy. There's a lot of vets for this, vets for that. I mean, everything. Um, and what I do is really just try and think like, what can I do? How can I serve differently? What's my unique value proposition, et cetera? For Bunker Labs or for a nonprofit that you're starting and, and with your vision, how have you been able to determine the route and the manner and the resources and the people to kind of stand out and really deliver as you guys continue, as you guys and, and continue to grow and grow and grow? Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's a couple things that, that matter to me that we've focused on. And number one is we've articulated our values as an organization. And, and we're, it's, it's a living, breathing uh, uh, calibration for, for how we operate. And, and it's really specific stuff. Like one of our values is we will not host an event that we would not be excited to attend ourselves. <laughs> because one of the things I think nonprofits do is they can risk... Um, thinking that, well, we're, we're going to help other people. Veterans need this. Mm-hmm. And the minute you sort of shift into that other language, veterans, like it's somebody else, like I'll help them. Like I don't need this, but they need this, is when I think you go totally afoul. And I think 80% of nonprofits get that wrong. Wow. And, and I think it's, and so, because here's the challenge. If you're doing something that's, um, 
that's from a legal standpoint charitable, right? The risk is that the not-for-profit can, can use language like we're here to help you. But the veteran community is a community that's unbelievably capable unto itself. <laughs> so even though we're a 501c3, we don't go to market talking about how charitable we are because of our desire to help you. And, and I think um, even though like in the tax code, it's, it's charitable, right? So, and, and, and we are helping people, mm -hmm. right? But, but the language around that is super new, is to me important. And I, I think you see a lot of initiatives that go to market with language that demeans unintentionally, lovingly, but, but can demean the veteran or demean the warrior community. And I think, you know, the risk is that um, that the messaging for that, let's go back to this tension of a nonprofit being a three-sided marketplace. Mm -hmm. Small dollar donors are compelled emotionally to give because they see a person in need. Mm -hmm. so, that, so that works in that, in that domain. Yeah. Um, we don't have a sad... We don't have a sad message at Bunker Lab. So we don't do well with low dollar donors. We have some, but we don't do a lot of low dollar donors because our messaging just isn't that. Yes. Um, it's, not, it's not an emotional appeal. And typically for low dollar donors, you, you, you get those resources from an emotional appeal. What we do have is a strategic appeal mm -hmm. to corporate partners to say, we're empowering uh, the military community to go out and launch the next greatest generation and, and build a bunch of businesses. So corporate partners really like that alignment, and I think the veteran community really likes that alignment as well. So I think for us, we've, we always keep the community, like we have deep respect for people that are starting businesses. We don't for a second think that we are smarter. We might be further in the journey, but we very much uh, keep that community, um, we respect the community. And I think and we use language that respects the community. And, and so. I think that's a value that we hold that when you, you know, and, and people just, veterans know the difference. It's like, you, if you have an event that appeals to their potential and their desire to build businesses, go out and generate wealth for themselves, go out and like solve a problem, run for office, I mean, you'll, they'll turn out by the hundreds. Um, but if you, have an, if you have a message which is, hey, you need help um, with your, you need help with your resume and we'll, we'll show you how, even if, Veterans do need help with their resume. You know, it's like it just kind of reeks of like, look, I didn't join the military because I self-identified as like a, a, a somebody that needs a lot of help. So the messaging to me is really important for not-for-profit. I think it's part of, um, I think it's part of the growth story of Bunker Labs. I, I want to ask a question that I know a lot of this audience will be thinking, which is, you keep saying not-for-profit, and we're we're actually talking about the organization, but the individual still wants to make money. Okay, yes. so I'm getting out and I'm looking at all these options. I'm like, I don't know if I want to go to the traditional workforce. Um, I don't know if I want to go to the traditional workforce. I don't know if I want to just start as, a, as start out as an entrepreneur. And then a nonprofit, I feel like they kind of arrive to that after they realize like, wow, I've been in the trenches in this transition. It sucks. I want to serve after service. I want to give back. This is my tribe, it's home, but I need to make money. Yeah. What does that look like for the person who is gonna dabble with the thought of taking on a nonprofit? Yeah, well, the, here's the awesome thing. Like, you know, you, you took an oath, um, or you married somebody that took an oath, and therefore you, you made a contribution to, to do something bigger than yourself of service. I think, it, I think um, it's that original intent of why you joined in the first place that that I think is a lot of what would have you, after wearing the uniform, desire to start 
a, a business or do something of service again. And it's not surprising. You know, people talk about the 40,000 veteran nonprofits, right, which I talk about. But I think it's, it, it symbolizes that there's so many people in our community that have a desire to continue to serve. Yep. So I think it's an enormous asset for us. Um, and I think it's a good thing. And, um, and I think we've got to catalyze the community and help kind of shape the manifestation of what matters to them. But, yeah, I mean, absolutely. People get out of the military. My, our vision statement for the bunker is to fulfill the dreams of the military veteran community. You know? And I think we've talked a lot about unemployment, and we've made big strides with that. Um, we always have to keep our eye on the ball, but you know, as we solve for unemployment, you know, to me that's like necessary but not sufficient. Sufficient is fulfilling the dreams, and the dreams to me get manifest through starting businesses, starting not-for-profits, starting organizations, pursuing things that matter to us. And even if it's not a, even before it takes a legal form, you know, being on camera and having a point of view and just leading, like going out into the world. So, I think veterans, you know, they have that and that 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 desire, and 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 it's like. My message is like, push on that, keep going with that, right? But then be focused on, like, what's the mechanism? How am I going to channel this, right? Um, and don't get stuck around legal models and stuff like that. Like, go out and solve the problem, and then kind of back into the rest. How do you, if I start a nonprofit tomorrow, uh, battle band aids and their camouflage band aids, or I don't know what, and people yeah. are donating? How do I make money? Yes, good question. That's, so, that's yeah. the most. That's that's kind of what I was getting at. Oh, like, got it. We, we're like. Look, I could I could go work for big brand whoever and make money. Maybe be miserable, maybe not. I'm not. I don't have the money to start my own company. Mm-hmm. A nonprofit kind of solves both my needs, but I need to I need to live. I need to eat. I got a family. What happens there? Yeah, you can pay yourself. I mean, I think there's a misconception that if you're running a not for profit, that you can't get paid. You 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 know, a good not for profit, even a small one, is you know, it's. You generate resources. The resources pay for the organization to run itself, mm-hmm. to deliver the program and run the organization, and that's paying for staff. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs that are paying people besides themselves. I'm like, but you're running this organization, and they're paying two people to run a program, mm-hmm. you know, in the community. And I'm like, but wh- what about you? Are you paying yourself? And they'll be like, well, no, I'm not paying myself because I, I don't want to be overhead. <laughs> yeah. And I tell them, you're not overhead. You're, you're the thing that's making this thing work. So, so you should pay yourself as a uh, leader mm-hmm. or an employee of a not-for-profit. People that work in not-for-profits get paid. Awesome. And it's a war for talent. You know? So I, it's, um, you've got to, yeah, you're like an organization like anything else. You know? So you've got to have great people. You've got to train them, you know, recruit them, develop them professionally. Um, and, uh, and, and don't put yourself at risk. You know, I tell entrepreneurs, keeping your own financial continuity is super important. I don't want to give money to a not-for-profit where the founder of the not-for-profit, if she's doing this full-time, isn't getting paid because the, the mission is at risk. And so, um, you know, there needs to be financial continuity and stability for the people that work in the organization. Otherwise, the whole thing is at risk. The mission is at risk. Um, we're going to wrap up there because it's about to get noisy here, but where can people learn more about Bunker Labs? I mean, I know, but I'd like you to tell yeah. Where do you want us to focus our attention? People who are interested in nonprofits, entrepreneurship, and just kind of at least unlocking some of the fears associated with not going the traditional route, which I know we all fear. Totally. Uh, I get the fear. I had the fear. Um, jo- come join us at Bunker Labs, bunkerlabs.org. 
We have chapters in cities across the, uh, the United States. I think if you're going to start something, I don't care who you are, you need to get some buddies around you. You need to surround yourself with a community. And it, Bunker Labs is a community. Other, there's other communities available as well. Um, but you need to get yourself in a community. If you want to start something like a not-for-profit, get a mentor who has done it locally. Go shadow that person for a few days. You might find out this, it's not even interesting 100%. to you. 100%. You, know, um, <laughs> yeah. you, might, you might find out you want to work for a not-for-profit, but you don't want to start, start one. So get with mentors, shadow them, join a community. And then, uh, and then we have a lot of stuff online. If you go to bunkerlabs.org, we have Launch Lab online. And that's a great place to kind of organize your business model canvas and your thoughts, which works for not-for-profit as well about, you know, what are we doing here? And, and is it going to work? And, and the chances are, if your heart's pure and you've got a focused desire to solve a specific problem and you have the capacity to do it, you're on to something. The rest is like logos and paperwork and, you know, but you're, you're on to something. And, and I, I would love to see more veterans pursue it. Perfect. Uh, well, thank you very much for being on the Leadership Locker. Hopefully a lot of people get value out of this. I know I did, and I'm sure they will. So thank you again. Thanks, Rich. All right. Thank you for listening to the Leadership Locker. For more about us, how we can serve you, and for other episodes, please visit richcardonamedia.com backslash podcast. If you liked this episode a lot or a little, please don't forget to subscribe so that way my guests and I can continue to deliver some heat and get you the knowledge that you want. Don't miss an episode. Please join our Facebook group so you get much more exclusive content. Take care.